We'll be in the Gospel of John this morning, the 10th chapter. Look at some familiar verses. The 10th chapter, the Gospel of John. One of the great images we find in the Bible is that of the shepherd. I always love the images of the shepherd we find in the Bible. Uh, and shepherd literally means a keeper of the sheep. The first mention we find of the shepherd is in Genesis 4, verse 2, where Abel is described as a shepherd. And it says, and Abel was a keeper of sheep. He was a shepherd. And if you remember, Abel brought the proper sacrifice to God and, and, and honored God. Shepherding was a chief occupation of, of the early patriarchs that we see in the Old Testament. Uh, Abraham, Moses, Jacob, uh, they all identified with being a shepherd. In fact, when we look in the Bible, shepherds and shepherding are mentioned over 200 times, so it really dominates all the way through it. The Hebrew word for shepherding can often be translated feeding. And that's what a shepherd would do. He would make sure his sheep were fed, that they were let, given proper pasture ground. He would also protect them uh, from animals and uh, that would prey upon them, and he'd take care of the sheep. So with that image, that rich image, let's take a look and see what Jesus says about being the good shepherd. So stand with me as we read John 10. We're going to pick up verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As a father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Let us pray. Uh, Father, we just thank you for this beautiful picture. For the title our Lord takes, the Good Shepherd. And Father, we just help us to look to our Good Shepherd, to trust him, to depend on him, to walk with him, to hear his voice to sense his leading, to know his protection. Lord, encourage us by the picture, the encouragement we find here today. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Well, Jesus really gives a whole new insight to the term shepherd. And in these verses, he answers the question, why is he the good shepherd? And that's really a great question for us to ponder. Why is Jesus uh, taking that title, the shepherd? What is there about him that he has that title? What is there about him that he is good, that he is in fact the good shepherd? 
And he tells us the key reason, the main reason, he is the good shepherd because he lays down his life for the sheep. We see that in verse 11 where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Uh, and here we find a phrase unique to Jesus, unique to uh, especially the writings of John. You know, in the past, the sheep died for the shepherd. But here we see the shepherd is going to lay down and give his life for the sheep. And that's what Jesus declares. It is a voluntary, sacrificial death that he will do. And here we see the greatness of the cross. Jesus died for people. He died for the nation Israel. He died on the cross for the whole world. We look at John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, even to the point of death. We look back in John chapter 6. You just turn your Bibles back a couple of pages. But in John chapter 6, verse 51, Jesus in exchange with the Jews and some difficult teaching, he says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. So here we see uh, that shepherd laying down his life, giving his life. And then we see it in John 10, this verse 11, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He lays it down. And, and when Jesus uses that word life, uh, it means more than, than just mere physical existence. It involves his personality, his being, all that he is. So he is saying, I lay down my life. I am laying down everything that I am, my totality for the sheep. I'm giving that, not just physical existence. And he does it for the sheep. In fact, five times in this chapter, Jesus will point to his sacrificial death. We see it in verse 11 where he declares it there. Uh, verse 15, As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. We see it in verse 17. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. And in verse 18, he'll state it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. Uh, so there, it's just, that's the emphasis. He willingly lays it down for us. At the end, on the cross, Jesus continued to be that good shepherd, laying his life down. Uh, if you remember when Jesus was on the cross, Many reviled Jesus. We look back at Luke's account, Luke 23. Almost the last chapter of Luke, but in Luke chapter 23. And in verse 33, it tells, Luke tells us when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And notice in verse 34 what Jesus does. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Then they part as raiment, they cast lots. 
And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, he saved others, let him save himself, if he be the Christ, the chosen of God. Then you look at verse 36, we see the soldiers also mocked him, saying, if thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And then we see in verse 39 that one of the malefactors, one of the thieves, which was hanged, railed on him. If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. So, so there it is. Here he is hanging on the cross. And, and the people mock him. The soldiers mock him. The religious leaders mock him. And, and the other thief mocks him, rails on him. And what does Jesus do? He is silent. He does not respond. And the other thief recognizes that. He rebukes his fellow thief and says, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we, 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 we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. Then he asked Jesus, Jesus, Lord, remember me. There's a good shepherd, uh, he says to that thief. Today you'll be in paradise with me. So just moments away, Jesus is going to lay down his life for that thief on the cross. And that's what the good shepherd is. And that's what he does for us. That's why he's the good shepherd. He is also the good shepherd because he is the owner. As we go back to John 10. We'll see that insight. You know, the question is, who will take better care of a possession or property? Someone who borrows it or rents it or the owner? Usually the owner. I hate to loan my stuff out. I'm just, I'm just stingy. Just the way it is. Uh, don't ask to borrow my books. Not going to let them give them to you. So. But I just don't like to do that. Uh, Boy, and I borrow something. I want to make sure I get it back. George, I need to find your book. I borrow. <laughs> <laughs> but usually the owner takes better care of their stuff. I mean, you go to these rental places, you get equipment, and man, it's all beat up. I mean, people just trash stuff out. Lots of times you look at homes, usually if a person owns a home and lives in it, they take usually pretty good care of it. But homes that are rented out, well, that can be a different story. In verse 12, we see Jesus is the owner. And he says, but he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. You see, the hired man does not have the same interest in the business as the owner. Why should he risk his life for something that he doesn't own, doesn't belong to him? He has no investment in it. But the good shepherd, he's not the hired hand. He's the master. He is the owner. He's the owner of the sheep. As Paul says, he says, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. 
We are. We've been bought by the blood of Christ. We belong to him. He is the owner. And he deserves our honor because of that. Jesus will take care of us. You look at verse 28 in this 10th chapter. And there Jesus says, I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You see, as the owner, he holds us in his hand. He is the good shepherd, and he protects us. And then Jesus as a good shepherd, because he stays with the sheep. You look at verse 13. The hireling fleeth, because he is a hireling, careth not for the sheep. But the good shepherd stays. See, and the danger shows up, the hired hand, he just takes off. He's gone. He runs away for his safety. But not Jesus. He stays with the sheep even in the face of trial and danger. And we just have to look through all the Bible, and there are just promise after promise of God's presence with us no matter what. Passages like Isaiah 43, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God promises, I will be with you. doesn't matter what goes on, what takes place, how tough it gets, whatever the conditions, I'm going to be with you. I will stay there. And I love that promise in Matthew 28, right at the end of that book, where Jesus speaks to his disciples tells them to go out, make disciples, teach others his commands, baptize them. And then he says to the, his disciples, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That is a great promise. In fact, David Livingston, the great missionary to Africa in the 1800s, in 1896, he was speaking at the University of Glasgow. And he shared with those students, he, he asked them the question, do you know what it is that kept me in the, there in Africa with a people whose language I did not know, whose attitude was uncertain and many times hostile to me? Do you know what kept me there? And then he recited those words of Jesus from Matthew 28. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He says, I depended on those words and they never failed. That was Livingston's experience. He's a good shepherd because he stays with the sheep. You know, sometimes people can let us down. We do because we're people. We will mess up. And sometimes uh, that relative, that husband or wife uh, or brother or parent or child is, is going to let us down. That's just the way they are. And, and they may not be there when we thought they should be. They may not do what we thought they should do. We could not depend on them, but we can always depend on the good shepherd. He never runs out. He is always there. That's his promise. And he is. Jesus is also the good shepherd because he knows the sheep. We look at verse 14. Uh, he says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Uh, that word knows means much more than just intellectual awareness. 
it speaks of a really personal, close relationship between God and his people. You know, the eastern shepherd knew his sheep personally, uh, each of their personalities, how to care for them. Uh, he knew which ones were likely to try to wander off and watch for them, make sure they didn't. And Jesus knows us. And look how well he knows us. You look in verse 3, he knows our name. He says, To him the porter openeth, and, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. So realize Jesus knows our names. We see that in the Bible. We see that in the first chapter of John. When Jesus sees Peter, he knows Peter's name. You look in John 1, verse 42. Andrew brings his brother Peter to Jesus. And in verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation, a stone. And then later on, uh, Philip will bring Nathan, Nathaniel. And we see in verse 48, uh, verse 47, when Nathan comes, Jesus says, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. I knew you. That's who Jesus is. When he was going through Jericho, remember there's a man of little short stature that wanted to see Jesus and that climbed up into a sycamore tree. And Jesus came by and Jesus called him out, Zacchaeus, come down for today I need to be at your house. Call him by name. He knows us. I like the fact Jesus knows my name. He also knows our nature, our personality. Each sheep had a different personality, and the shepherd knew it. When we relate to our children, if you're a parent, uh, each, especially if you have more than one child, each child is different. And we relate to them differently because they have a different nature. But as a parent, you learn to recognize that. I remember uh, when the boys were in middle school and, and Jared was playing football, uh, we, we get there to the game and, and they all looked the same in the uniforms. I mean, you can't, this is a big fat kid, but, but you couldn't tell who was who. And I just would have to start looking, I forget his number, and I could tell by the way he stood that that was Jared because I knew him. And his personality, he just had a different stand. And that's what a shepherd does. That's the way Jesus knows us. He knows our personality. And he relates to us. Uh, we see that all the way through the Gospels. In, in John 3, Nicodemus comes, and, and Jesus relate, relates to our religious leader and deals with the fact that he needs to be born again. Then we see in John 4, Jesus will sit by the well, the disciples go away and a woman comes out and Jesus begins a conversation with her. Give me some water. 
And he's gonna use that to direct that conversation to the water that will never bring thirst, that satisfies. He knew where she was at, and he drew her in to that conversation. And then in John 8, we see the woman caught in sin and, and how he deals with her with such grace and forgiveness. And then in John 9, we see the blind man and how Jesus has compassion and says this man is here to display the work of God and how he changes his life, giving him a sight. And he comes back to him at the end of that ninth chapter, great narrative. And of course, with Peter at the end of John's gospel, after Peter had denied Jesus, Jesus will deal with Peter and restore him. It's a grueling experience, but Jesus does it. He knows our personality. And he knows our needs. You know, sometimes we don't know our needs. You know, we think we need this, need that, and we don't. But we need something else, we don't see it, and Jesus knows that. I think I'm going to get to heaven, and you know, I love to watch HGTV. love to watch all these homes, how they redo them, and wow, that's neat, never thought of that, like that one, like this one. But we're going to get to heaven, and we're going to look at our home, and we're going to say, yep, that's it. And we're not, we don't realize really what we need. And in heaven, we're going to see it. Because Jesus knows us so well. He knows our needs. And that's what Psalm 23 is all about. The good shepherd caring for the sheep. Making us lay down in the green pastures. Leading us beside the still waters restoring our soul, leading us in the paths of righteousness, preparing the table in the face of enemies, anointing our head with oil, filling our cup, and at the shadow of death, walking with us. He's a good shepherd because he knows us. And Jesus is the good shepherd because he is good. So we go back to verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. John Phillips, he says of this verse, he says the actual form of this expression is arresting. It literally reads, I am the shepherd, the good. I am the shepherd, the good. We look back to the Old Testament and we see types of Christ as the shepherd. We look at Abel, who is the righteous shepherd, gave the proper sacrifice. We see Jacob, the resourceful shepherd, we find Moses, the returning shepherd, who will go back into Egypt and shepherd his people out, a whole nation. We see David, the shepherd boy, who will be made the royal shepherd. 
over God's people. All these are partial types. And Jesus says all of those. He completes all of those. And yet he goes far beyond them. He is the shepherd, the good. None of them have that title. Only Jesus does. Good means intrinsically good. It means beautiful. It means fair. And that is inherent with the character of Christ. When we call him good, we're calling him God. That's his title. He is the true good shepherd. And he's the good shepherd that saves. We see it in verse 9. I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall get, go in and out and find pasture. He's the shepherd that saves. He is the shepherd that secures in verse 28. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. He secures. And he's the good shepherd that satisfies, as we see in verse 10. I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. And that all begins when we, like David, can say, the Lord is my shepherd. You bring our team back up. We're going to sing hallelujah. And, and let me ask a question. Can you say this morning, the Lord is my shepherd? That is so important. It makes a difference in everything we do. Knowing he is our shepherd. So vital. So important. Let's stand as we sing hallelujah. May this morning, you need, just need to come. Lord, Jesus, I need to make you my shepherd. I want to be one of your sheep. I want to follow you. Maybe you need to come this morning and you've been one of those sheep, been in places you shouldn't be. Say, Lord, I, want, I need to be here. I need to be close to you. Keep me close. You come as we sing.